0: It is Monday, June 5th, 2023, and welcome to episode 228 of Fault Lines, the National Security Institute's podcast that gets you quickly up to speed three times a week on the national security and foreign policy debate shaking up America. I'm Lester Munson, NSI senior fellow, and I'm joined by Jessica Jones, superhero private eye, and Jamil Jaffer, NSI's founder and executive director. So today we're going to talk about tensions between the U.S. and China, which have come to a head of sorts. Over three recent events, one is an encounter in the air over the South China Sea from about 10 days ago when a U.S. surveillance aircraft was buzzed by a Chinese fighter aircraft. And then two or three days ago, we had an encounter in the China, in the Taiwan Strait between a U.S. destroyer and a Canadian ship that were intercepted. Uh, in a way, by a Chinese destroyer, which came very close, uh, particularly to the U.S. uh, ship in the Taiwan Strait, which we should point out is international water subject to freedom of navigation. Anyone should be allowed to sail there. Uh, And then at the Shangri-La Dialogue over the weekend in Singapore, uh, the U.S. Defense Secretary, Lloyd Austin, shook hands with the Chinese defense minister, Li Shengfu, but they did not have a meeting. This meeting is a subject of some back and forth between the U.S. and China. And basically at the end, uh, China refused to have the meeting. So these, this, these, these three things have kind of come together to uh, produce new tension in the relationship. Uh, which was already tense between the U.S. and China, the two uh, largest economic powers in the world, the two largest military powers in the world, two very different ways of governing U.S. embracing freedom and democracy, China authoritarian and communist to the extent that matters anymore. Jamil, what do we think of this new tension between Washington and Beijing?
1: So, look, I think this is... (laughs) I think, look, I think, I think this is obviously, you know, a a continuing situation uh, with China, a continuing challenge. The president, though, had telegraphed there might be a thaw in relations. Doesn't look like it. It looks like the Chinese are committed uh, to to continue to push back. Um, Obviously, this air intercept of of an RC-135. Uh, surveillance plane by, uh, by a Chinese J-16 fighter jet's not great. Uh, but even worse, this, uh, this, uh, effort by this Chinese, uh, warship to cut in front just 150 yards away, uh, from the USS Chang'eun and a Canadian, Canadian frigate, a very dangerous, uh, move up. It's almost, almost causing a collision, uh, there in the Taiwan Strait, as you correctly point out, um, a, uh, a, 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 you know, perfectly open to international transit, um, and not, and that is not something appropriate for the Chinese to do. Um, and then, look, I will say, um, you know, we do have the Chinese defense minister under sanctions. Uh, he has been under sanctions since he had his prior job in 2018 for for buying uh, Russian fighter jets um, and Russian, uh, you know, S-400 uh, missiles. So he's been under sanctions under Katsa for a while, uh, uh passed sanctions. Uh, but, you know, I mean, the Chinese I think recently are saying, well, we're not going to meet with you if you don't if you don't let our, our defense minister out of the sanctions regime. The problem, of course, is that the Biden administration suggested they might and then walked it back couple of weeks ago. So that's part of the problem is they created a sort of Lucy and Charlie Brown with the football situation. Um, and not surprises the Chinese are like, look, uh, you know, uh, we'll we'll come back when you're ready to when you're ready to let our guy off the hook. Jones, what do you think? Yeah,
2: you know it's funny because uh, we do this three times a week, so we're always looking for news stories. And I swear, every summit, every meeting, it's always like other countries on the side. being like, what's China, U.S., China, U.S. tension, right? Like it's that's the headline every week, every summit, every get together. Is everyone just on the sidelines seeing what's going to happen between U.S. and China, which is no surprise. But it, it leaves me to wonder on this on this Monday, like what do the other countries think about what's going on? Like we talk a lot on the show. Like we almost talked. Like we almost picked for an episode last week, South Africa, letting Putin come for the BRICS summit this summer. And we had discussed previously, he should be arrested by South Africa as a member, as a party to the ICC, and he has an, an arrest warrant as an alleged war criminal. And so we have South Africa, a huge democracy in in on the African continent, not doing what, you know, not arresting a war criminal. And so I, I just wonder, you know, I, I, we, we it seems very obvious to us, the pro- provocative actions by China, And we're, you know, freedom of navigation, supporting Taiwan. I just think what other countries on the sidelines are thinking about this. If we can't really shore up that much support beyond our European allies for Ukraine, something were to happen over Taiwan. I just I'm left wondering what's the global narrative and like what do other countries think about this tension? Are we the provocative country according to other countries? Jamil already hates that.
0: Well, China is clearly trying to make it look like we're the provocative right. country, right? Uh, and they're and they're giving some sort of weird uh, permission to countries in the de- developing world to to not have to pick sides here. I'd be a little, you know, it's one thing to be concerned about the South Africans of the world and and countries that are really kind of out of the fray between the U.S. and China. I'm a little bit more concerned right now about uh, the Indo-Pacific and the reaction of South Korea, Japan, Philippines, Vietnam, etc., Australia, countries that are there in the region who, while are surely going to end up on the side of the United States in any kind of a big conflict here are not really interested in things heating up between the U.S. and China. And what are they going to say and do to change this narrative and to push back on China tr- trying to make things look look a little bit better? That, I think, is kind of the first question.
1: Well, I mean, but I mean, less. I mean, it, it's not really the U.S.'s fault that, that they're cutting us off in the air or cutting us off. You know, I mean, kind of reminiscent of the old 80s you know, Top Gun, that, that opening scene Top Gun, uh, with the with the Russians and the U.S. Uh, intercepting one another over over the in, in the Indian Ocean, right? I mean, look, this is the Chinese's fault, right? Their it's their government's decision to cut us off in the Taiwan Strait. It's their decision to go after our our surveillance plane flying in, in over international airspace. So, I mean, I'm not sure how the, the Alice can read it any other way. Remember, three to five billion dollars of trade flows through the South China Sea, um, and we have to permit the freedom of navigation in those spaces. And so, there's nothing inappropriate about what the U.S. is doing. Why wouldn't our allies support us? And I'm not sure. Just like okay, so so what is the international narrative? First of all, who cares what the international narrative is? Uh, with other with other folks, what matters is our allies and partners of the region. Who cares what the rest of the world thinks? Like. Unsubscribe. So,
0: Jamil, you're saying that Beijing is being hypocritical by talking about, um, the U.S., uh, surveilling from international waters when just a couple of months ago they flew a surveillance balloon across the United States. You're saying they're being hypocritical. Is that what I'm, is that what I'm picking up here?
1: No, I, I mean, this is a surveillance balloon, but to be clear, the surveillance balloon was over our airspace. We were in international airspace, right? Of course, the Chinese are hypocritical. My point is, that our allies are going to be with us. I'm not sure why they wouldn't be with us. And I, I don't really, I don't really care what the rest of the world thinks. Like, who cares what all their countries think about? Oh, the mean bad U.S. Like the, who cares?
2: Okay. Well, I will be the weird one on the show. I think we should care. I think we do care. I mean, we talk on the show how Macron goes over to Beijing on his, you know, Air Force One back is kind of walking back support for Taiwan. So our allies are with us. I, are they? Are they with us? I don't know. We—that's what we debated on the show. So it's very okay. maybe we're more yes. obvious for South Korea. Nobody Japan is.
1: Who cares about <laughs> Emmanuel Macron and the French? They're going to cut and run. They're going to cut and run at the last and minute, yes, anyways. Exactly who cares? Contest. They think like literally no. One, and by the way, at the exact same time, Macron said that Ursula von der Leyen, the president of the European Commission, said the opposite. So. The we spent a lot of time
2: and a lot of money trying to effectuate policy and opinions amongst all the countries of the global order. So we I'll do subscribe. care.
1: Unsubscribe <laughs> from the French. What the French think. Don't care. But beyond this is not caring about the French.
2: Let me try
0: to hit this bull between the horns, between the Jones and Jaffer horns here and say <laughs> the Biden administration from the top, from the top, from the president, from President Biden to Jake Sullivan, can do a better job messaging what the U.S. policy is here. We can be tough and still be open to conversations with the Chinese. That's what our basic approach is. But we seem unable, for whatever reason, to be able to articulate that in a coherent way. And there are these comments that come from our very close allies in the region and outside of the region that kind of, Question: Whether or not our ability to to operate in the international sphere is as optimal as it could be. Of course, this is all China's fault. Of course, China's the ones being provocative. But we ought to be able to provide a better way for our friends and our and our kind of near friends and our wannabe friends to to saddle up with us on this whole question. We're not we're not executing very well on that front.
1: I think the Biden administration is doing exactly what they what they want to do, which is cooperation on one hand. You know, no conflict, but competition on the other. Like this, this w- wimpy policy is exactly why we're here. If we actually had a robust policy that just admits China's an adversary and they're not a competitor, but they're a they're an actual adversary. uh We might have a little more clarity. The problem is they're playing this, you just, know,
2: Jones. No, no you should be literally you're literally you're they should exactly be more clear way. about their policy and effectuate their silly, their silly
1: cooperation
2: I think if we had a, a very wimpy policy, then we would have the defense Chinese defense minister meeting with Austin if it was in fact that wimpy. They're the about Chinese to. Chinese are pissed off. No,
1: they're they about to. Though. They're about to. I'm going to try to bet within a week and a half the sanctions will be gone. Want to put money on it? Because we do have a wimpy policy. Because we don't have the strength of our. You heard it here first,
0: folks. You heard it here first, folks. We will we'll be back by what, (laughs) June 15th to evaluate whether or not. You get ten days, All right, that's a wrap. Thanks to Brooke Agacon from NSI and Claude Jennings for that help producing today's episode. Please join us again on Wednesday for another episode of Fault Lines, the podcast that gets you smart fast on the national security debate shaking up America. We're also now on YouTube check out our page there and subscribe. If you like what you have heard and seen, please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or YouTubes.